Well, hey there, everybody. Guess what? It is another Life Downloaded Live. Joining you on your, is it Friday? It is Friday, Friday lunchtime. And as always, I am streaming in this Life Downloaded Live setting from Casa de Edge. But I am, as always, it wouldn't be a Life Downloaded without her. Joined by my glamorous partner in podcast crime, the glorious Samantha Rink. Say hi, Sam. Guten Morgen, mein kleiner Kuchnuckelchen. Um, that was German, believe it or not. Um, I do speak a bit of German. Don't know what exactly I said to you there. Um, I hope no, no one from Germany is listening, because they'll be like, what the heck? Um, yes, hello, I'm back. I'm, um, I'm surrounded by men, which I really, really love, in uh, Casa de Mamarenk. So I am uh, at my mother's house up in Lancashire, um, which is nice, but... Um, yeah, I'm using lots of random lights to kind of um, give a little bit of light. Um, improv. I'm loving how we're getting very creative at the moment, which is um, funny enough because we're going to be talking a lot about creativity in today's podcasto. Um, I hope everyone's doing all right. Um, I know that we're all kind of feeling the lockdown at the moment. I did have the other day a bit of a meltdown and um, feel like I was in Groundhog Day. So um, sending positive thoughts to everyone who is feeling uh, particularly frustrated at the moment. Hopefully over the next couple of minutes, um, we will bring you some joy. Joy. And if not, if not, I'll always just get my boobs out, which I always promise to do. Well, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. We will indeed. So today's episode, like we said, we're going to be talking about creativity because we are joined by a man that is so cool. There you go. He's just flashed up on screen. Oh, have I? So oh, cool. You have been doing... There he is. Um, so cool that he printed his own arm. Well, I printed you know, parts of my arm. Mind is blown. Mind is blown. What, so, you, what, what is this? What? Uh, I, we need so, to take a step back. Who is our guest? What our are you guest. going on about? And is this actually possible? Or are we all in some sort of hallucinogenic phase where you're just talking a load of nonsense? It is entirely possible. We are joined by the amazing Daniel Melville. So not only are you surrounded by men, <laughs> um, you're surrounded by Dan's. So say hi, Dan. Hello. Hello. He's there. There he is. The glorious Dan Melville. Screen, I could barely see myself, but hello. Which is good. Actually. I don't want to see myself today. But, yeah. Well, after after being in, I, I haven't shaved lately, so I don't know if I look straight. I probably look strange. Eh, who but cares? You've got a nice Jack Sparrow kind of pirate goatee going on. It's pretty, it's pretty bad. It's pretty. I, I would call this a beard, but we all know it's not. So let's just say what it is. It's not a beard. It's just a pathetic attempt to one. <laughs> Ah, well, it's still there. Give it time. The lockdown comes out, you'll be like Father Christmas by the end of it. Hopefully not as grey. But yeah, guys, so as you know, um, we're live on Twitter, we're live on Periscope, we're live on YouTube, um, we're live on Facebook Live. So while we're having this conversation with Dan about the amazing world of 3D printing, if you want to add comments, ask questions, Kelly's already waved at us. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Hi, Kelly. Um, Hello. So if you want to join in the conversation, if you want to ask questions, feel free. I will be keeping an eye on your comments all the way through. Um, 
Yeah. But so, Dan, we need to talk to you right now because I've led with the fact that you've printed your arm. I yeah. feel this might need yes explanation i would love to say yes i printed my arm but um i work for a company that makes 3d printed prosthetics and i've printed parts covers for my arm in the past um so the company i am an ambassador for is called open bionics and they make 3d printed prosthetics and i've been there since the very beginning so i've been incredibly lucky to see how it's developed and i've given my input on it and it's just yeah it's mad i mean uh, we talking about this earlier. Dan was um, Dan asked me for a photo of myself. So I was like, okay, yeah, we'll go for my edgy look. I didn't realise you guys were having a nice photo, and there's me going, "Oh, look at me looking <laughs> so so badass." But I'm actually quite a nice person, really. I just try and look edgy, but really, I'm not an edgy person. Um, <laughs> but you can't um, want to be an action hero. That's what it is. I want to be, but I can't let people know. You know, I can't let people know. <laughs> I wouldn't do know the first thing about it anyway. Um, but yeah, going on. Uh, yes, can we, oh, yeah, can we take a step back, actually? Because I'm aware yes. that there might be some people who are new to Life Downloaded who don't know yeah. who the heck we are. Um, uh, they might not even know that we, uh, myself and Dan, are wheelchair yeah. users, and you also have an impairment. Do you want to quickly um, fill us in on... Oh, oh Sam's frozen, but I know what she was going to ask because this is what happens when, when you work in a tag team. Can you fill us what? in... Oh, there you go. She's back. Oh, it's gone again. No, oh, gone oh, again. It's because my internet was unstable. Sorry. Ah, she's back and her internet is more stable. Um, so carry on, Sam. What were you saying? This is the oh, one of mine. Oh, so I thought it would be really nice to give um, the listeners um, some context because they might be new to Life Downloaded, which is a disability podcast. Myself and Dan are both wheelchair users and you also, Daniel, have an impairment. Do you want to quickly give a brief um, uh, some synopsis of, of, of that and how that's led you to developing this prosthetic arm? Yeah. So I was actually born with only my left hand um, and it was congenital. And I think the condition I had was, it was called Amelia. So I was born missing a limb. Um, and I've said this a lot of times, so I'm quite good at talking about it. And it's fine. A lot of people was like, oh, you know, don't get too upset. But I don't because it's just something that happened in my life. I, I was just born with one hand. I've always dealt with it. Uh, and in so many years, I've always been able to rise above bullying and everything else. And I've got a great family, especially my brother. He was always there to like, he'd always, he'd always bully me. But if anyone bullied me, that wasn't him. He'd have, he wouldn't have it. Um, but long story That's what brothers are for though, right? Exactly. Brothers exactly. are supposed to bully you. That's, and sisters, that's got, what my sister was like. Yeah. You have people by the hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's a he's a good brother i mean we there's times where even he even i and him forget there's a lot of fun stories we have together but um i won't waffle on about it too much but basically through the years always got into you know geeky stuff like sci-fi terminate all that kind of thing and um i just didn't know what to do i wanted a bionic arm but we couldn't go you know how do we go about this and then in my very early 20s uh my girlfriend who i'm still with now um she saw, well, long story short, actually, there's loads of information about this, but I don't want to keep going on about it too much. But basically, a friend of mine was doing a Kickstarter. I was I backed his Kickstarter, and then on the side, it said, other Kickstarters you might be interested in. And I saw that this one that was, before Open Bionics were Open Bionics, they were called the Open Hand Project many years ago. So this was Joel, the uh, one of the co-founders that made it. And um, I kept looking at what they were doing. I was like, wow, don't know about thing about 3D printing, 
don't know. I, I would, this this is just mind blowing to me. I find it really fascinating. So um, I I I, I uh, helped fund it a little bit, put as much money as I could into it, and then I said to my girlfriend, "Oh, you know, w- what could I do to help?" And then she said, "Well, why don't you get in touch and ask them if they're looking for a tester?" And I was like, "Um, maybe. I'm sure I'm a bit too old for that. You know, for them, they might be looking for someone younger." She went, "Just send the email, and just see how it goes." sent Joel an email within half an hour I got a reply from him saying yeah I'm, I'd love to meet up and we met up and then the rest is history I now wear a prosthetic arm I'm a tester I'm an ambassador for the company and yeah my life's completely changed since then and um yeah it's been mad been technically a cyborg now is pretty mad technically a cyborg see now that's that's a statement not many people can say I am technically a cyborg and see you've got to really thank your girlfriend for making you send that email I do. I, yeah. If it wasn't for her, I probably would have been, you know, you can, the, the way I see things now is that if you don't ask, you, you don't get, and not only that, you just never know if you don't actually ask these questions. So since then I've been like, well, I'll just send an email. I'll just ask them that are you looking for this? Are you doing that? And you could get like a response. No, we're not interested or actually, yeah, come and see how things do. So I kind of now these days sort of just take a leap into everything and see where it goes. And if it does backfire, then you've learned something that you definitely don't want to do ever again. So, yeah. I mean, you're going to show us what you've been working on. But I think it's really important. One of my biggest bugbears when we're looking at um, technology and instruments that kind of facilitate independent living um, for people with disabilities, they look freaking naff. Like they really look naff and they really scream, oi, oi, disabled person. Um, and I have a real, real issue with that. Um, this is why for a very long time, I would not have a power wheelchair. Not have a power wheelchair because mm. they were, I'm like, what, three foot nine, like tiddly tiny. And electric wheelchairs are massive things. And I just hated the whole cumbersome of it. And I thought, hang on a minute, if I'm going to pay nine grand for a chair, I love my fashion. I want it to look shit hot. You know, it's, so I think how, how important was that for you? I mean, I know you've, you've like self-confessed sci-fi geek, um, fanatic, maybe not geek. Um, you know what I mean? And, no, and that no, was, um, the, the <laughs> but, but how oh. important is for you to have a product that is, is functional, but also looks shit hot? Well, that's a good question. So again, I didn't want to babble on about things, but when I grew, when I was growing up, my mum and dad did the very best for me to, you know, make me feel as normal as I could do. Uh, my mum used to take me to uh, one of the orthopedics. So I used to get those bolt- in the nice way possible. If people listening have got a standard prosthetic. Don't take offence. This is my personal opinion. I'm not into them. I do not like them. I'm just going to say that peacefully, but I, I grew up wearing them and I thought that was the normal thing to do. But like you say, you get people going like, you've got one hand. I can tell because that's not, you know, that that's a fake hand. That's just, you can tell immediately. And not only that, the hands I was given were just ones that would just look like that. And I was like, well, what's the point of wearing something that one, people are going to notice that I am disabled and two, it doesn't do anything for me. So I used to wear them because I thought it was normal. And the other reason is because I used to want time off school because I hated school years ago. And I used to want time off school to get a new arm, never wore it, go back and get another one. So for a few years, I went kind of that way of just wearing it for like, you know, my mum would spend weeks taking me to the order to get it made and casted. And then I'd wear it for one or two days and then put it under my bed and never seen again. <laughs> and essentially, I just 
did it because I thought it was normal. And then for years in my, like when I was um, a, a teenager, I was like, no, I'm not wearing these anymore. I hate them. So I just banished anything that wasn't cool looking or like, you know, I wanted a bionic arm, like the ones you see from Star Wars, Terminator, all that kind of thing. I was looking for that. Couldn't find it. So I gave up hope until that one day I'd send that email. There you go, you see? So it's all about looking good when you're a teenager. We've all been there for sure. Like, you know, we've all been like, and it's it's the same for me, you know, sticks and chairs. Like I, I use sticks because they're they're practical. They don't look great, but I've just kind of adjusted to it. Maybe we I've spoken to you before about possibly printing some 3D cool sticks. Maybe that's another episode further down the line. But, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I've already after that conversation I had some stuff in mind already. Oh, there we go, you see. So 3D printed sticks on the way. Who knows? Might even show them on the podcast or, or live stream, because obviously you can't really show things on a podcast. But for those of you that are listening on catch up on the podcast, we'll put pictures on the Instagram or whatever. Um, cause I know that Dan, you want to show a bunch of stuff as well. Today. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking getting... about this really sexy arm. I'll, so, yeah. I'll show you. Yeah. I, I'm not wearing it at the moment. I haven't tried it up, but this is my latest version from open bionics. It's the hero arm, uh, from that picture that everyone might've seen was my deus ex covers. They are in a nice box looked after cause they come out for special occasions. Uh, cause there's like a, lot... a tuxedo for your arm. Yeah, pretty much. They're, so with these arms made by Open Bionic, so like I said, I don't actually make them. I'm just an I'm just an ambassador of the company. I'm just lucky enough to sometimes print parts for my arm. Anyway, so what's cool about this is that people watching might see this. So you can actually, hang on, take off the covers. So you could get a new file of your arm. You can print, and then you can get Open Bionics to print you some new covers. Oh, okay. Uh, not just about the fact it can. Someone put tattooed, tattooed arm, a tattooed arm. You could, I, I, it would be hard to do so, but like... Um, oh, no, 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 like a cover. I'm not meaning an actual tattoo. No, I know, like, I knew. I actually want to show you guys a tattoo I have, which you guys might like in a minute. Uh, it's nowhere private. It's, it, I'll show you in a second. It's one of my favourites. So you can, I've always wanted people to get naked on the podcast. You could be the first time. It's fine. I'll tell you what, I'll show you now. So even though I wear this arm, I love it. My friends always used to be like, hey, Dan, and give me a thumbs up. So that's one of the things I used to do was like a thumbs up and do this. So if you can see... I got a tattoo of a thumbs up. Yeah. Oh, amazing. So that's, so, it's not meant to be Facebook like, by the way. People say that, is that, and no, it's not. It's actually, <laughs> it was my original logo for my business. Uh, you can't see it that well anymore. So it was actually a decapitated hand, like itchy and scratchy style. Yeah. Uh, so it was like the bone hanging out, and I was like, yeah, I love it. And then uh, you can't even see it. So when I see people, I do that so you can see thumbs up. Nice. Funny thing is, that's the most painful tattoo I've ever had. I can well believe that. Because it's technically where my arm ends and whatnot. That's where my wrist, you know, is near where the wrist would have been. And that, I can tell you, hurts. So, yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. Tattoos on your wrists hurt. They hurt like a mother. Daniel, can you kind of like walk us through, so to speak, of how this arm actually works? Yeah. Um, get up a little bit. Technology. I appreciate technology, but I don't have a clue. So if I take this off, these also come off as well. So um, one thing I will say... For those of you that are listening on the podcast, sorry to jump in, Daniel, but for those of you that are listening on the podcast and can't see this, and you're my sort of age, um, if you remember the old Nokia phones that you used to be able to replace the covers off... Yes, I remember. 
I am in my uh, like late twenties, so I look rather young, but I'm actually a bit older than I look. <laughs> but I know the one you mean, Dan. I know the one you mean. So in here, I'm going to show Sam. I mean, the sound. I love the sound it makes. Very, very terminatory. Um, so these are the kind of the inner covers. So you don't essentially have to wear these. Anyways, so right here, you can see those are actually sensors that pick up my muscles. So how yeah. you would maybe doing this with your your yeah. other hand? It's actually picking up on the pulses of your muscles. So if I how I'd be doing this, how I open, how I do that, how I close. So these these bits here. So that's how I open and close is. And then if I press the if I and then if I tense my muscles like a fist, I can actually change the um, finger the thumb movement. Oh wow! And then if I press the middle here. It changes the finger pattern. So now I'm in pinch grip. Oh, sorry, tripod. I'll get in trouble if I don't say tripod. So tripod. So then if I tense my muscles again, now move out of my way. So I could be, uh, let's grab. There you go. So I just grabbed a plug, just as an example, just a random plug. Uh, and then if you want to get something a bit more dexterous, you can yeah. pr press the middle button again flashes three times. There's also a vibration in here to tell me that it's changed the grip pattern. Tense my muscle again. I'm now in pinch grip. Yes. Can you flip right. me the bees? What's that? Can you flip me the bird? I would I get I could, but I can't do it using this. I'd have to do it my own technique. Uh, is so. that really juvenile of me? I just kind of wanted you to <laughs> You want me to fake um to swear at you. <laughs> Pretty much. No, just in case if anyone from Open Bionics are listening, I, I did not condone that, but I take full accountability for that. Did it take you a, a while? Because you, you're you're saying that there's different grips, so obviously we can we can do that um uh, anyway. Like I'm not gonna grab my cat when I when I stroke my cat, it's quite a light kind of stroke, or if you pick up something that's fragile, did it take you quite some time to kind of gauge um um kind of how how much pressure you 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 do to, to pick up or you use to pick up certain objects so did that come quite naturally it came quite naturally for me uh when i was determined so if, if anyone watching if you want to watch some good old videos of me five years ago with open bionics even more baby faced than i am now um you can see that I'm already, this is a very old version of the arm you'd see from like the first one we've ever did. Uh, and I picked up, I picked up pretty quickly, if I'm honest, because uh, I was so determined. And for myself, I'm very lucky. <laughs> I laugh at my friends who've also got one arm like me, because some of us have longer arms. So I've actually got a bit of the wrist myself. Uh -huh. So I can actually flex those muscles, whereas some of my friends have got shorter up to here. They have to sort of find those muscles themselves. So for me personally, it didn't. It took within a day to learn how to do it. And there's other people who use this arm that took a little bit longer. And I think it's all to do with your own determination. So I, that's why I think so many people have been so successful because they're determined for it to work for them. Um, yeah. So for me, I'd say about five, ten minutes, and I was already quite used to it uh, because when I used to have those old prosthetic hands, I was called given a myoelectro which is very sort of similar idea to this, but this has much more going on for it. So in my electrode used your pulses in your arm, but it would just do this. Mm -hmm. So I'd already learned that many years ago. And I just remembered five, 10 years ago that I was like, Oh yeah, that's similar to how I did this. So the new, when they add new things to it, I get you, I have to get used to like, um, like you're saying about stroking your cat or something. I, 
if I was to do this really quickly, like, you know, tense it, yeah. it goes up and down a lot quicker. But if I slow my muscles down like you would, it slows down. So it is up to the user how fast or, how fast or slow they want to use the arm. So, yeah. And I love this. I love these. These are just my black normal panels, but I've got quite a few. And what's cool about this arm as well is that these are all customizable. So for kids and adult alike, you can get pretty cool covers. Um, and I'm not sure if I did tell Dan this, but Open Bionics have worked with uh, Disney. So they actually have Disney style arms that have been greenlit by Disney. They are official. We have the, well, they have the BB-8 style arm. They have an RDD2 style arm. They have an Iron Man arm and a Frozen arm, which is pretty cool. That is pretty I've cool. I'm quite Iron jealous. Man. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> the Iron Man arm and the comic geek in me went, huh? Yeah, I mean, I don't, Dan, if it makes you feel better, I asked them. I don't have them, but... You know, I, I do, I've got the Deus Ex covers. Um, I might have to rush up and go grab them in a bit, um, which is something I should probably talk about. So for several years of helping Open Bionics, I'm still like, there's a lot of people always message me about, you know, how do I get involved? What can I do to help? Well, I was just incredibly lucky on that stage, thanks to Harriet, my girlfriend, um, you know, to even get to there. I didn't even think much of it afterwards. But, you know, I started testing helping use the arm. And the first thing we ever did, which was mind-blowing, was Open Barnets got um, put into a, entered a competition with Intel and they came uh, in near, near the top. So I think it was second or third. Sorry if any of you guys, Open Barnets, you're listening. Can't remember quite which one it was, but we got asked, they got asked, and I got asked to go with them to bring the arm all the way to Vegas. For This is the first thing I've ever done outside of my comfort zone. Uh, I used to just work in the car. I used to work in a shop. Wait, I'm gonna <coughs> waitress. Uh, back in the day, and I didn't think I'd get to. I never thought I'd travel the world and do things like that. First thing I know, month after testing the arm, they're like, "Dan, would you like to come to Vegas with us?" I was like, "What?" And then we we went to CES, which some people, if you're listening, you you might know what CES is, and it's a, it's basically a tech convention for like the latest technologies, 3D printers, TVs, you know, everything. And uh, this was a couple of years ago. And I, it just, it was mad. It was absolutely mad for me because I never experienced something like that. And I shook thousands of hands. And that was my first experience of traveling. And then from there, I've just done silly amount of traveling with them. And I, I just, it's exhausting because people think that I'm taking a holiday. I'm not, I'm not paid to do it. I'm doing it because I want to do it because it's, it's a huge thing to be doing something so cool. Um, and Basically, how we came about the Deus Ex thing was actually uh, back in Vegas. The arm with me got shared. And this was way before I was into social media. I only had Facebook. Wasn't into Instagram or Twitter very much. Had both. Just didn't really know how to use them at the time. And gosh, I wish I could go back and tell myself, sort it out. <laughs> anyway, so um, a lot of the uh, Deus Ex uh, fans like myself i love Deus Ex anyway uh on reddit shared the photos and videos of me and open bionics and they said oh we'd love to see a collaboration and Deus Ex got involved like message joel and some of the guys from open bionics said let's try and get something going and i didn't think anything of it because this is a stage where i wasn't really into media very much the next thing i know is like a year later joel's like dan can can i'm gonna send you a letter about something and it was to do with that and i read square enix Deus Ex. i was like what and then he went, yeah, I need you to come to London with me. And we went, met loads of cool people. And then we were there, they were asked to make Adam Jensen, the main protagonist from the last two games, they brought his arm to life. Like with the help of uh, with Open Bionics and the guys from Deus Ex themselves working together to collaborate to bring it to life. So I actually got to wear Adam Jensen's friggin' arm, which was just 
for me as a as a gamer, I was like, this is insane. This is madness. Uh, so I went to get. I got to go to E3, which rest in peace E3 because I don't think that's coming back anymore. I uh, went to E3. I went to go to Gamescom, and yeah, like I say, I I value everything I get to do, and I got to do some amazing stuff. So yeah, so I went to loads of gaming conventions, and I got to you know got to meet the guys, and we yeah I met so many people through Square Enix, and they're all so lovely, and especially the guys who made Deus Ex are just the best people in the world. So yeah. Keeping busy then. Yeah. In the last year, it's quieted down for me a lot, though, because of, um, in a a good way, because we have Tilly, who's an amazing ambassador for Open Bionics. If you don't know Tilly, look her up. She's insanely cool, cooler than I'll ever be. She is one of a kind and she is awesome. Uh, She also got to wear the Adam Jensen arm. And she was so young when she was fitted with that arm. And I remember there's a really cool picture of her doing this next to a robot. And like the story behind the robot was so funny. Um, and yeah, and she's just insanely cool. And now we have me, Tilly and some other ambassadors. And now because the arm has grown, it's gone worldwide. It's busy in America. We, they're starting to get it in different countries. And because of how many people we have using the arm as well now, they need me a little bit less, which is kind of understandable. I mean, I miss all the traveling. Of course I do. But it is great to see that I was the, the first person who was involved and now it's just branched out bigger and bigger. And it's so it's so nice to see that all these kids that are wearing the arm now, as well as adults, it's really heartwarming to know that it's something I always wanted to do. I just didn't think it was ever going to happen, ever. Really? just didn't think I was going to be part of this. So, yeah. It's obviously, it's obviously really impacted your life and, and you know, thousands of other people and brought something positive mm. you know to the to the to the world very similar to me having a chair you know yeah. um but i do know that sometimes within the disability community there might be a bit of pushback about having external um help or you know this kind of almost almost ownership of body positivity so saying well why do i need something extra have you ever had any kind of negativity towards the product and what you're doing and people saying that you know why don't you just be happy with what you've got and and adapt in that way or or has it just been do you know what it's amazing everyone loves it and it's not like i need to wear it all the time i can you know it's just giving me another option yeah. to be a lot more independent you know in, in many ways yeah um, that's a good question actually so for me I per- we I have had some backlash from some people because uh you know you do you sometimes get people who are like well what you know what makes you why do you need it well you don't you don't need it if you don't feel like you want it I promote it because with or without this arm and I've said this in a lot of interviews or whatever I've done before you do not you must love who you are you don't need um, I love this arm I cherish this arm so much but until I actually got involved with them I realized that I love who I am regardless I realized I'm actually quite you know quite an all right person i don't you know it's it's one of those things and um i found that i did get some backlash because some people like well does that mean you just don't love being one-handed i was like no not at all because there's things i don't wear my arm that i want to not wear it because i am still who i was like all my friends most of my best friends are not used to me wearing my bionic arm because they have known me since i was a kid and they find it a little bit odd that when i wear it because i find it odd wearing it in front of them um it's one of those things and i feel i feel that if you you, you personally are missing a limb and you're missing your upper limb and you look at this arm and you go, fantastic, I'm interested. Just know, is this for you? Have a little think. Think, is this for me? It might not be. I've got a few friends who might be listening right now who have got missing limb, like upper limb like myself. 
who don't want one of these arms. And that's understandable because they found their way around it. I personally go from both sides of it. I'm like, this arm could do so much for me, but I've learned to do so much without it. So it's not quite as... I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's strange for me, I guess. I just, I, I've begun to love myself more as a, regardless with or without this arm. And I feel that some people just need to see it from their point of view. Like, is it for me? Some people might not find it and some people might. So yeah, I know I'm backtracking on the same thing I've said a minute ago, but you got me thinking about a lot of things at the moment. And, um, there was a, uh, uh Dan, uh, there was one I did a couple, well, yeah, it was a year ago. Um, uh, so there's this month right now, uh, I'm part of the, I love them to pieces, is the Lucky Finn um, project, which is over in America. And I've got such brilliant friends in the States, in the UK. And Lucky Finn is basically an organization uh, by, um, hopefully I'll get the name, Molly. She started it and it's, it's just blown out. It's amazing. So it's people with missing limbs. Their families can know each other and get to get together. And it's just amazing. And we have one in the UK called Reach as well. So if anyone listening, if you have one, you were missing an upper limb and you're not sure who you can talk to about these kind of things, look up Reach, which is the British one, and then Open uh, and the Lucky Finn Project, which is amazing. I've made so many amazing friends with the Lucky Finn. And I think that's where I started to love myself more is because I started talking to people who do or don't wear these arms. Not only just Open Bionics, you've got like Beanie Bionic and stuff like that. And so many of them have started to, you know, you start to love yourself because you find other people who have found their way around doing certain things. It's just amazing. It's just, yeah. And about a year ago, uh, I did a PR um, with Zebedee Management and they, we did like um, limb difference awareness and uh, that was a good one. So I'm pretty much near just wearing boxes, just a nice photo like that, just showing my hand, my disability and my tattoos. Uh, and it was incredible, really. So, Sam loves a bit of nakedness. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I waffled on there. There's just so much. No, 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 it's good. It's okay. But I think, I think you know, it's a case of, um, and I definitely found as well. As you as you get older and you meet other deaf and disabled people, it opens up an entirely new community to you. So, you know, if we do have deaf and disabled people watching the podcast, trust us, there are other people out there, and they will share experiences with you. And I think it's somewhat easier now because you can find like-minded people on social media it doesn't mean it's perfect but yeah it's definitely easier and of course if you do want to follow the lovely daniel on social media and you are watching us the details are scrolling across the screen um for his twitter and his instagram but i've got a question because i'm a techie yeah how long on average does it take to to make one of these funky arms? So it, it depends for the user, because obviously my arm's quite long. You get kids, the kids are wearing it now. It, it can take a couple of days. Okay. I wouldn't be able to give you a specific time or date because no. of different users, different parts being printed, all the components coming together. So yeah, it's, it's a lot shorter than, let's say when I used to get my arms made, you'd get it casted, you have it cut off, they'd make an arm for you. And by the time you get it back, you've already outgrown it with this, which is something I've got to show. Um, so it's got a boa on it, which is just this just here. So if anyone's a cyclist, you know that if you've got uh, shoes or helmets, you can tighten it. So if I put it on, it's quite loose. Calm down. You calm down. Good. Thank you. And he's talking to his arm right I now. I am talking to my arm. I'm crazy. So have you, can... you, named, have you named your arm, Dan? Have you I, named your arm? I haven't. I've named my little hand, as I call it. I named it Bert. 
Don't ask me why. I named it Vert. But this hasn't got a name. I don't know what to call it because I've had several versions of it. Because this Tell you is- what, those of you that are in the comments, if you've got a good idea for, for Dan's, to name Dan's arm, throw them up in the comments and we'll feed it back to him. What do you think his arm should be named? Carry on. Behavior, but anyway, I'll, I'll show you. So for the users, the arm will be a little bit looser, but then use this lower here. Could you come? All right, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to turn you off because you've just been... It's because I'm going from hot to cold, that's all. Okay, right. So if you can hear this, that's actually tightening it around my arm. So it means that if I, if it's a bit hot and sweaty, I can just pop it open and it's nice and loose. So I know that you guys will be able to see it, anyone watching as well. It tightens it. So if anyone who's wearing the arms, arms start to grow because of muscle mass or anything, just loosen it or tighten it however you want. So it actually grows with you in a way, which is fantastic. Whereas the old traditional ways, by the time you get the casting made, I used to grow out of them as a kid. There was no point. Whereas this arm, we have people like Tilly and others who have worn it and they've had it for weeks and months and nearly years because it's grown with them, which is fantastic. So... And yeah. are we allowed to ask around costs? Like, I'm assuming they're quite expensive, or are they? Or are they actually because of the way they are produced? Are yeah. they not as um, you know hefty price tag as as we think? Because I think this is the this is the problem as well. I mean, the technology is there, but because we are seen as a minority group, it's a little bit like having a fancy car. You're gonna pay a lot for a Lamborghini because only not quite whatever of the population will probably be able to get one you know so and whenever anything's bespoke it's as though they can just put any price tag they they pick out the sky you know very similar to wheelchairs yeah no that's totally understandable so with this arm this is seen as a bionic arm this is the lowest cost bionic arm this is about ten thousand pounds that might seem quite expensive to a lot but considering other like the bionic arms and whatnot, they're in 50 grand. This is 10 grand does the same kind of thing. So sounds expensive, but when you put it all together, it's actually a lot, lot, lot lower cost than other bionic arms out there. Um, yeah. And I know that they're working, they're trying to do new things. So, you know, I can't give, that's the price it is right now. Things could change. Who knows? I, I don't, I don't also know myself. I know that the starting price is 10 grand um yeah um yeah fair enough but so <laughs> i know because we've we've chatted in the past dan that as well as you know 3d printing giving you a giving you a crazy cool arm um you've now started 3d printing stuff yourself yes yes uh thank you for bringing that one in because i was waiting for that uh, so, <laughs> so with those bionics i I, how do I put it? Cause I don't want to get too emotional about it. So when I started helping them, I started realizing this is what I want to do. I want to help them as much as I can. I want this arm to get out there. I want kids to be wearing this arm because I'm living a dream that I once thought I would never, ever, ever achieve in my life. And I kid you not, my friend Mikey sent me a picture a couple months, a couple months ago of when we were in year 11. It said, what do you want to do after you leave school? And if I can find the photo, I will upload it, but I can't at the moment. It was like, what do you want to do when you finish school? What is your like, achievement? And I kid you not, I said that I wanted to be a business where I help make bionic arms and make cool stuff for people. I kid you not, that's what I wrote. And that was over 10 years ago. And that's what I'm doing, which is absolutely insane. So going back, uh, I started helping open bionics, got fascinated by 3D printing. We went and did a few you know, events, got to know some 3D print companies. I, and I was like, you know what? 
it's it's so hard for me to talk about this technology when I have no idea what I'm saying. I'm just writing and reading it off a piece of paper. So I was like, well, why don't I learn about this technology? So I went out, saved up some money, bought a 3D printer, got fascinated by it. And I didn't print any of the parts for Ibanex or anything. I just wanted a printer because I wanted to understand how this all worked because it's all well and good talking about something, but if you don't know it, then how can you talk about it so passionately? Um, and basically bought one, I killed that, that died pretty badly. Uh, cause you have to, the 3d printing has a bit of a learning curve to it. So if it goes wrong, it can go quite wrong, but when it goes right, top banana, it goes right. Um, and for a couple of years I started, so I started my waitress, I was helping open bionics, traveling, doing stuff. I still started making, so I had all these designs in my head going, right, I could make this, I could do that. And while I was still office, I saved up a load of money. Uh, and then I started a small business called Handy Dan's 3D Prints because uh, I decided that's the name I wanted to go with it. It just stuck. Uh, I know Handy Dan is quite a typical name, but I was like, you know what? Got one hand. Let's go with it. One hand, 3D printing. What a Handy Dan's 3D Prints. So I, I, I stuck with it and I will never change my name. I started doing it for friends and family and they're like, I love this idea. Could you make this? Could you do that? So I started printing and selling things online and doing a few things. And I was like, you know what? Feck this job. I'm done with it because I'm treated like an absolute piece of garbage here. I'm leaving. Uh, and then I quit my job about three years ago, over three years, nearly four years ago in October. Um, haven't looked back. A little bit of regret because of money at first. Uh, yeah, and because I left, I started with three printers since I quit. Uh, and then I started building up some work. Uh, and then I joined the Prince's Trust and I became, I, I entered the, ah, oh man, I'm going to keep not, I'm going to come around what it's called now. But it was the, uh, that was it, the Explore Enterprise program, program because I was so interested in starting my business, but terrible with accounts, didn't know how to network. So I joined it. I learned a lot from it. And then several weeks later, I went to do the business launch group where I had to send in my dissertation about how I could do as a business, what I want to do, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was successful on day one because they were a little bit like, well, we don't think you'll make it if you don't have any printers. I was like, you do realize I've got four printers, don't you? And they're like, oh, well, you're accepted then. So there you go. Uh, so I got a lot of... Um, a lot of support. I had my first mentor I had was Roger. He's lovely. We had a few things we disagreed with, but he's amazing with accounts. He showed me how to do my accounts. So I don't need anyone helping me, which is great. I know how to do them. And then I had a, my next mentor was called Dinesh. We still talk now. And he just showed me how I should be networking, what I can do to improve my business. Um, so when I first started, sorry, I know I'm waffling on again. When I first started, I was like, I'm going to sell online. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. No, you learn so much that you should or should not do because I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Now I'm doing it. It's things I thought I'd be doing, I am not doing. Um, Can you give us some examples? Like, yeah, I was about, I, I've got one really, really good oh, one. This sorry, is, sorry. No, it's, I, fine. it's fine, it's fine. I just <laughs> it. It, no, it's good. It, it, that was what I was going to say. It was uh, basically a few, I'd say two years ago or so, I went uh when my mental Roger took me to like a little cafe that he goes and says hello to. And he said, Oh, can Daniel set up this stuff and show people? And I was really nervous. Because, oh God, I've never done this before. Built up my confidence as a business. Uh, and then a lady said to me, Oh, so do you think you'd ever like teach 3D printing or do birthday parties? And at first I was like, no, that sounds mad because of kids being bonkers. And then she went, I'll give you X, Y, Z. And I was like, Oh, okay. I'll give it a go. Uh, and then my lovely girlfriend came with me and we did a workshop at a part of a kid's birthday party where I brought loads of examples of 3d printed stuff I've made. Uh, and we let the kids look at the examples. We brought a, my portable 3d printer, which you can take anywhere. 
And during this, I came up with this idea of the kids can learn about 3D printing. They can pick up stuff. They can look at it, ask me questions because of this is the knowledge I had, how the 3D printer works. And what I did at the end, we came up with this idea was draw something that's in your imagination and I will turn it into a 3D print. And the kids drew some amazing drawings. And ever since then, that has been one of my main sort of achievements is doing workshops at museums, schools, uh, just getting the kids to be imaginative and coming up with these cool ideas. And that was, that was kind of one thing I said I'd never do because I wasn't keen about it. But then when I did it, it was just, it just realized there's something that no one else was doing. Uh, and another example is um, when I first started, I was like, oh, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make that. I did, I needed to learn a lot more software than I had. So I've learned, you, you, there's a big learning curve on what you can 3D print. But the way I've taken this business is I sell stuff on Etsy. I make some cool designs, which I'm going to show in a minute. And uh, yeah, the, the education side is massive because no one's doing it. No one, but there, sorry, there are people doing it. There's just not enough people doing it. So when I do a workshop, I'll show them the arm and how I got involved with the barnics and then I'll show them some cool stuff. So one thing I have been doing recently, which has changed. So for the past three years, I've been 3D printing stuff. And I'm sure you guys might be aware that we have a big waste problem in this country as well as the world. Uh, so if I 3D print, unfortunately, not everything works out. And you'd be like, what do I do with it? Throw it in the bin. Well, for the last few years, I've been, me and my girlfriend have been saying, well, let's not throw it in the bin. Let's find something we can do. So I had these two big, big boxes for a failed 3D print. I was like, not throwing them away. I'll keep them. I'll think of something. And a friend of mine called Augustine, a uh, lovely guy, does some amazing 3D prints. He actually came up with the idea of shredding up your old plastic 3D prints uh, and then literally melting them in silicone molds and stuff. And some people watching this might be like, oh, well, isn't 3D printing, you know, got toxic chemicals? in? Some do, yes, but some don't. So I stick to something called PLA, which is technically an extract from uh, sugarcane. So I've been, thanks to Augustine from giving me the idea and letting me use his idea, we actually started shredding up all of our old failed prints. And I actually make stuff like this. So this is all failed prints turned into a pot. So I'm not wasting as a business anymore. So that's, that's all stuff that isn't wasted. So as a small business that was a big loss for a small business if we had a fail throw it in the bin. Whereas now, if you're like, Dan, can you print this for me? I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. If it fails, I don't, I don't get cross. I just, I'm like, you know what? Let's shred it. Let's, let's break it up into something. Let's just do it into something else. So I'm now focusing on education, still printing my cool stuff, uh, and also just recycling. So I'm just recycling any plastic that's mine, or if anyone wants to give me stuff, then I recycle that. So yeah, we make pots. We've even got, uh, even make little, coasters as well business on it as well so yeah send some to me i will test out your products for free Um, (laughs) i can do they've been selling really well so going back uh i got asked to do a market and i was a bit like oh god like i'm a bit nervous about doing it and i'm I've realized as, a, as myself, I am so much better in person selling than I am online because I'm just, I'm just a better in person kind of person, really. I know that sounds really stupid. I don't know why I said that, but I just found it really nice because it's been a really great way to network and meet people and whatnot. And um, yeah, it's been fantastic. And sorry, to go back, um, so with 3D printing, you can use PLA, which is a type of plastic, 
and in my workshops and stuff we printed metals so we let the kids hold them and the, even the parents we always always i always encourage parents you must come with your kids because this is an experience i want you guys to, to do together because it's so creative i love seeing their faces talking to their parents about what they're making so this isn't this isn't something made by a kid but this is a material that i've used which has got wood in it got wood fiber so it's a hat for my little uh, guy from animal crossing so he's got a little uh, little little hat and he's made of a uh, he's made of a wood material so with 3d printing the possibilities are quite literally endless and that's one so, thing i realized that people don't so know. you can hang on yeah you can 3d print using wood yeah so how it works is it has uh, wood powders in it and it's still some um, do have plastics in them as well but it's grinded down to a, a certain pair into a certain paste in a way and it's melted down with some plastic so it's not 100% wood but it's got I'd say 80% wood in these things and then some plastic so it actually will go through the printer I mean you can print it copper yeah there's loads out there uh, I don't want to bore anyone with it but if you look it no, up no but loads. it's definitely something like and I'm sure Sam, myself, and anybody watching this is going, what we can print in all these different materials that, because I've, I've seen like the ring, because I'm, I'm quite techy. I've seen the reams of plastic filament. I think a lot of people have when they look at 3D printers just on Amazon out of interest. But I genuinely didn't realize that you can print in so many different materials. And the fact that more and more people are coming up with more and more environmentally friendly ways of 3D printing is actually quite exciting. Mm. Uh, there's one business I, I love, a, a guy called Ravi started a business called Filamentive and they use plastics to make more uh, filament spools, which is something you use for your 3D printers and that's from recycled plastic. So I use his. So mine are technically things like this are made from recycled uh, plastics then turned into more recycled items. So it's just, it's just mad. It's just mad what you can do with 3D printing. I think now, at the moment, what we're going for at the moment, we've got definitely a lack of PPE. Um, I mean, there is definitely mm -hmm. scope for you and what you're doing to help to help the NHS at the moment. Um, you know, to kind of think outside of the box. Um, have you been approached by anyone? Is that something you're getting involved with or know, know anyone else doing that? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, again, I've got this so much stuff always floating in my head. I don't want to talk about, it, but that is a good one. So, uh, since we went into lockdown, I personally decided it was best I closed my business for a few weeks because I didn't want to go out and if necessary and whatnot. And people did get in touch with my business, say, "Could you make us some PPE face shields for this, that, and the other?" And I said, "Yeah, I can. I can do my best. I bought the resources, but it was really difficult. Like the demand was high. I'm one person." Thank goodness my girlfriend came and helped me to do most of it. Uh, and we found that, um, yeah, it was just a bit too much for me at first. And then a friend of mine who also does 3D printing got in touch with me and said, look, Cisco in Reading are making a big 3D print farm. Do you want to get involved and give your printers to them? They'll look after them. They also, the room that they're using is actually less contaminated than it would be in a workshop and everything else. So I've lent out all but one of my printers to them. So they are now the ones printing all the face shields, but it's nice to know my printers are helping make these shields. But what is quite scary is the fact that I lent them a month ago and it's quite, and I know it's, it's, it's mind boggling that, you know, a few weeks ago we thought, oh, maybe uh, 
we won't, you know, it'd only be two, three weeks of just needing these shields. But no, they are still in demand. I mean, in the last week, they made, my, just my printers alone have been making thousands. Uh, and there's 30 in this big room. And there's still a high demand, which is actually kind of scary to me because it's like you'd have thought, you would think and hope that things would have got better. But no, it's still high demand. So at the moment, uh yeah it's really high and it's yeah and it's it's just not it just won't stop at the moment which is quite scary but it's nice to know that even though i'm not doing it myself my princes my children these are my kids that i, I see them as children are, are out there helping making these face shields with the nhs and um and as much as i want to be selling and doing workshops and that, it's just something you can't do so at the moment i'd rather be saving lives and making profit so yeah honestly dan i've been really kind of um surprised at how much you've listened like enjoyed listening to you i think like your journey is very similar to my own in the sense that you don't expect things to happen but when they do you definitely embrace them and you know kind of use everything or that's been thrown at you and i think not many people do because we sometimes we can get in our own head too much and think that you know um, not to sound cliche, but our dreams don't come true. But very similar to you, being very young, I always said that I wanted to go into television work, into acting, or into teaching, and that's the path that I did. Um, I think, I think, just because we're we're kind of getting towards the end of um, this episode. But what message would you have for anyone, particularly now, who's maybe feeling really frustrated? Um, you know, a little bit like you never thought things would happen. What would you say? What advice would you give to people listening now who need a bit of, um, I don't want to use the word inspiration, but need a bit of a kick at the bottom um, to maybe use this time to the best of their, you know, ability? Or what, what are your main tips? What's your end message to our, our life downloaded listeners? I would say things don't just happen overnight. You can get lucky, but embrace what you you were given. And that I would say that don't that sounds quite cliche, but don't give up. Just keep going. Find you know if there's something you want to do, just keep at it. There, there's always going to be opportunity out there for you. You just got to keep believing. I mean, I that was ten years ago. I am only where I want to be now. Uh, so think dreams and I you know and whatnot come. They take time, but you really start to appreciate what you get and. Within time, I feel that most people, if you've got a goal, you will reach it. It's just going to take a bit longer than you want it to. I mean, it took my business, the first two years didn't do that well. It was only last year till I embraced change, until I embraced the different things I thought I wouldn't want. Have I done better? So sometimes you have to take the things that people that go, oh, you should do this. Don't immediately say, no, I don't want to do that. Take it, uh, you know, sleep on it, think about it, go am I wrong? Maybe I should think about taking it in a different direction. And, uh, you know, that's how I see it. It's just take every day as it comes, have a think about is, is it, is what you're striving to do? Is that the right thing to do? Or is there a different way of doing it? And sometimes those goals just get achieved a bit slower than you wanted to. So don't be upset if it's not going to be like that overnight. I'm a famous, I'm doing some of that. It, it takes time. It takes time. And before we go, I will say 3d printing designs take for ever so if you get into 3d printing if you've got a design it takes a while i'm going to quickly show one i made this skull very nice little color on it this took me this is like number 50 before i was happy with the design so like life certain things the first time you try something might not work out 50th time of trying it works out you're happy so you know just keep trying at it and keep going 
Yeah. I think <laughs> I think that's a nice nice way to round it off. But before we do disappear, we have had a few comments. Kelly controversially says she's had tattoos on her wrists and they didn't hurt. So there you go. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Technically, yeah, all right. I'm not going to... Fine. Well, it hurt me. And, you know, you're just, you've got more... You're just stronger than I am. You've got, you've got more of a pain threshold than I do, apparently. <laughs> Amy says this has been another great show. Uh, I think people have generally been really interested in everything. And no doubt, Dan... People will want you back at some point, so we'll Thank probably you drag you in. Music. You guys are so lovely to let me waffle on about things. And I've been wanting to be on this podcast for, uh, podcast for so long. We love having you. Thank you so, so much. Indeed. Just before we disappear, though, Dan, where... Oh, well, I, I would love to come back. Yeah. Where can... Pe- uh, somebody else says it depends which part of the wrist, whether it hurts or not. So they're kind of defending you there, Dan. Sorry. <laughs> The, the, the world is divided. Either way, she's probably got a high threshold. I'm going to take her side about that and say, that's okay. I'm a bit of a wuss, but I have a lot of tattoos everywhere. So I probably cried once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> so just before we do disappear, for when your business is back up and running and people want to look at your stuff, where do they where do they head? Where can they find you to buy your wondrous 3D prints? Uh, look up Handy Dan's 3D prints. It's got a nice little logo doing this, holding a little cube. So uh, Okay, so that's like an OK symbol for those of you that are listening on the podcast and can't actually see. Yeah, so it's a little hand holding a cube and it says Handy Dance 3D Prince because that's my second design. The first one since joining the Prince's Trust was asked to go. (laughs) Okie doke. But yeah, so check out Handy Dance 3D Prince. Thank you again, Dan, for, for coming and chatting to us for the best part of the last hour. I have been Dan Edge. My lovely broadcast partner in Cassidy Rank is the lovely Sam Rank. I'm sure she wants to wave at you all. Bye, everyone. Thank you again. And um, please stay safe. And we will be um, we will be back very, very shortly with another amazing live downloaded lockdown Lo- edition. Indeed, live downloaded live, the lockdown editions. We will see you very soon. Keep an eye on the facebook the twitter the instagram all the social medias subscribe if you're on youtube follow us if you're on periscope twitter and all the others because then you'll know when we're doing another show no doubt we'll have dan back soon like sam says take care stay safe and have a good weekend everybody bye bye